0: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at hearstranch.com. Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes were taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider.
1: Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States.
0: From the science of fermentation...
1: So
2: yeast, it's a fungus, it's a unicellular fungus.
0: To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider, and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: This is What Doesn't Kill You, Food Industry Insights. I'm your host, Katie Kiefer. Today, we're going to talk about workers in the dairy industry. I have two wonderful guests with me in the studio. Uh, Rebecca Fuentes, who is the lead organizer for the Workers' Center of Central New York, uh, and her colleague, Crispin Hernandez, uh, who is also an organizer with the Workers' Center of Central New York. These folks work in the dairy industry primarily, right? or do you work with other agricultural industries? I didn't even ask you that before we started.
2: con otros trabajadores, no nada lecherias.
1: Correcto.
3: Correcto.
2: Yeah, we work with many other workers and our organization is called the Workers' Center of Central New York and it includes any low-wage workers, which could be farm workers, it could be urban workers, uh, anyone, but our job has been focused Crispin and, and myself, yeah. on Dairy Farm Workers. Okay. And it's part of, so it's
3: kind of a like a, a campaign
2: that we sure. have to participate. Okay.
3: In. So Crispin, you have a really interesting story. You are from Mexico. Uh, you came to the United States. You found your way to New York State. Encontraste tu de York. And you worked at a large farm called the Marx Farm. Where is that located?
2: I worked in a lecheria called Marx Farm. Where
3: is it? Where is it? The
1: rancher stays in the north
3: of Albany. The
1: center of New York.
3: The north uh, of central New York. So, so north of Albany, even higher, even farther north than that.
2: I will say north. Uh,
3: West. Northwest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know what county that is, but. It's, the, uh, it's Lewis County. Lewis County. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Mm-hmm. And Mark's farm is a really big farm. That's es a. It's muy grande. Sí. Si. So así I, es. Like yes. 10,000 cows? Como diez mil vacas?
1: Hay más o menos, sí.
3: More or less 10,000 yeah. cows. Mm. 10,000 dairy cows. A little cows. bit less. Yeah. yeah. And what did you do? I guess yes What was your trabajo?
1: Lo que si hacía. Uh, ordeñaba las vacas a seis días a la semana doce horas diarias y eso es lo que hacía milk
2: the cows six days a week uh, six days a week twelve hour days twelve hour
3: days mm-hmm. do you mind if I ask what the wage was si eh, te preocupa si te pregunto cuánto te pagaban
1: no está bien
3: está bien so
1: That's how fine. much cuánto <laughs> uh, cuando andré en dos mil doce me pagaron eh, lo que es el salario federal que es siete veinticinco uh,
3: federal minimum federal wage, wage in two
2: thousand and twelve was which was seven twenty
1: five
3: seven twenty five mm-hmm. so and and how long did you work at the farm y cuánto tiempo trabajaste en el rancho
1: trabajé como tres años three, years. three years
3: yeah and and you're no longer working at the farm you became an organizer what happened you had an ya, accident ya no trabajas
2: en el rancho te convertiste en un organizador qué pasó tuviste un accidente
1: Después de mi accidente que me pasó en el 2012, yo seguí trabajando mm-hmm. en el rancho.
2: After an accident that I had in 2012, I kept working at the farm.
3: Were you injured by a cow or by machinery? ¿Cómo te lastimaste?
1: Uh, me lastimé porque una yo estaba en la parla aprendiendo a ordeñar las vacas.
2: I was at the parlor learning to milk the cows. Okay.
1: Es mi primera vez ordeñar las vacas. It the first, first time, time with the yeah. cattle. Mm-hmm. Y como mencioné pues uh el otro trabajador que estaba conmigo me estaba enseñando, pero los los patrones no no pusieron una persona especial que me diera un un entrenamiento perfecto. The
2: other worker who was there, a coworker, he's the one who was training me, but there was no one that just specifically
3: for training. Uh, or the employer training me. So you had no. Essentially, what you're saying is you didn't have any real formal training in how to hook the cow's udder to the to the máquina. So, uh, how to handle the cow. Básicamente no
2: te dieron un entrenamiento así profesional de que cómo cómo utilizar las máquinas y eso y qué te pasó.
1: Sí, por falta de entrenamiento. Pero lo, lo que lo que me pasó y es de que yo estaba echando spray o yodo.
2: So what I, what happened? Yeah, it was and, lack of training, but what I was doing is I was uh, spraying the udders of the cow with uh, iodine, right? With lo disinfectant.
1: Que es, uh, yep. Lo que es la, las tetas de las vacas.
2: You know the, the of, yeah. of the cow. Yeah. Pero right.
1: por accidente venía una vaca y como que como que ella como como brincó y yo no yo no alcancé como quitar la mano.
2: So in this uh, what happened is there was another cow that was uh, coming in, and it, it just kind of, like, jumped in my hand,
1: on my hand. Wow. Oh, she jumped on your
3: hand, and your hand was on the floor. Mm-hmm, yeah. So your hand was crushed mm-hmm. by the foot of the cow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And did you have to have surgery? Tuviste que tener cirugía o qué pasó?
1: No, después de eso yo seguí trabajando, pero uh, yo busqué la manera, fui al hospital y, y atendieron mi mano, pero yo fui por mi por mi cuenta. Los, Los patrones no uh,
2: So later on, I kept working, but eventually I went to to the hospital. I had to go because because uh, you were was, broken, yeah, but, so you but, had but broken the, a bone. Yeah, but the employer did not. Tú crees que te quebraste un hueso o qué fue lo que pasó?
1: Estaba sangrando muchísimo, me lastimé, me was bleeding me lastimé a lot. Feo, oh, y, it it was
2: a very hard, I mean, ¿aquí tienes mm. esto? Es? Cicatrices. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Me lastimé mucho, estaba sangrando mucho y me tardó varios meses que se, recupere, to, for, to que se
3: recupere.
2: Pero
1: Jeez. así seguía but I kept trabajando. I
3: mm-hmm. So, of course, it didn't get better because you had to keep working. Por supuesto, no, no se mejoraba
2: rápidamente porque tenías que seguir trabajando.
1: Sí, jue en el jue en el invierno, incluso cuando in in winter, cuando yeah. iba yo a lavar los bebederos donde toman las vacas.
2: So I remember when I would go and clean the, the, the stall. containers where where the cows drink water. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Pero al momento de meter mi mano a a lavar esos a donde toman las vacas a por ejemplo que es, mi mano lo tenía como lastimado y
2: so when I had to clean those things and and I had to you know do that work um, it was very cold was, and it was in the winter and so it was very my hand was very uh, hurt
3: sounds terrible so um yeah, like serious, and I can see the scars on your hand so so you so then eventually you brought a lawsuit. Against Mark Farms, because the patron was not going to offer you medical care. So, eventualmente,
2: care. tú trajiste una demanda contra los, los dueños porque no te dieron, uh, porque no te atendieron. No, no es por eso. <laughs> no, is that not what happened? <laughs> no, there's more story uh, uh, to that. There's more.
1: Des, después de eso, lo que... Como le digo, la situación que que vi de Genaro, lo que me lo que lo que yo me creo pasó. Que en... no
2: estaba en la... You were not uh-huh. on the talk, right? No, because I was in here. Todo don don. No no asumas que ella estuvo escuchando todo. Y yeah, porque... no lo escucho. So. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Entonces tenemos que explicarle.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, lo que pasó aquí es de que a uh, yo veía tantas injusticia en el rancho uh, Los mal, mal maltrato de los patrones, por ejemplo, que no me llevaron, uh, por ejemplo, uh, después de los años que vivía, yo veía que eso era muy injusto, y como en 2015, uh, el manager atacó uno de mis compañeros.
2: Okay, stop. And- so what happened is other things. So I saw a lot of injustices, and I remember, in, for example, in 2015, one of my co-workers was... Um, Assaulted, physically assaulted by one of the supervisors. Ajá.
1: Ajá. Y sabiendo que tenemos derecho, eso para mí no me gustó y por eso pedí la ayuda de Centro de Trabajadores y Centro de Justicia y otras organizaciones que que apoyan esa injusticia.
2: no in that, you know, we have rights and I wanted to do something, I got in touch and I asked for support from the Worker Center and another
3: organization, Worker Justice Center. Do something. How, let me let me ask you: How many people? How many workers? How many Mexicans or, or non you know um, immigrant workers are there on this farm? And are there other workers besides guys like you from Mexico or, or Guatemala or you know Central America? No, no,
2: Preguntarte más o menos cuántos trabajadores hay en este rancho o, o de Guatemala o de México o de otras partes.
1: La mayoría de los trabajadores, uh, hay como 60, pero la mayoría son de Centroamérica. Y, y por ejemplo, los trabajadores inmigrantes hacen el trabajo más, más pesado en el rancho.
2: So there are about 60 Latino workers, and they do the most the, the hardest jobs. They do the hardest but, jobs. Uh, but there are other American workers, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But they usually total. do the other jobs, like... You know, working with the machinery, um, other other kinds of jobs, but the but, uh, what we will consider very physically demanding, working with the with the cows, you yeah. know, um, is by the Latino workers. So
3: Right, and so, and Latino workers probably, I'm, I'm making an assumption, but um, am, am I to understand that basically Latino workers were kept in those lowest paying jobs or the lowest, the hardest jobs. Meanwhile, American workers were allowed to advance. Or was it more fair than that or not fair?
1: Si, los trabajadores a Nosotros los trabajadores inmigrantes recibíamos a menos salario pero hacíamos el trabajo más más pesado a uh, en el rancho y más importante, por ejemplo, la producción de la leche.
2: Yeah, I think the, we, we do the the, most fiz- most the, work, hardest the hardest jobs job, for the least este... amount of money. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, all right, okay, that's good. And that's mm-hmm. the most important work, the uh, product. It is, I mean, without de you guys, de... obviously you're not going to be milking any cows. So you were aware that there are protections for you, tú sabes que había para ti. but those protections were obviously not being offered pero by the company. Protecciones no eran ofrecidas por la compañía. Right, because you were not given uh-huh. adequate medical treatment. No you saw, you saw worker abuse. I'm sorry about the lights abusadas. in here. I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, we'll just continue in the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, I can see my questions. Um, so, so, so there were. So you were aware that there were that there were protections, and so you went to the center for for. Um, for the workers center for central new york no, no sé si and then, so tell me de... about the the class action or the lawsuit la, that you guys brought
1: sobre de sobre la demanda eso salió el trabajo de como yo mi experiencia como trabajador y como como organizaciones a por ejemplo centro de trabajadores fue el trabajo colectivo que hicimos organizar adentro del rancho to
2: formar so, un comité so what, a STEM, uh, what came, what gave the lawsuit uh, was a, came from um, working inside of the farm, trying to form a committee of workers with the Workers' Center of Central New York. So
3: that was, that was the basis of it. Uh-huh. So you guys got together, you mm-hmm. created this lawsuit. The Cent- Workers' Center of New York helped you bring that suit well
2: it is the suit the lawsuit is
3: based on organizing
2: work so the lawsuit was not like we're just going to go there and have a lawsuit no it came out of an effort to organize. Oh I outside. see you were trying
3: to unionize. Yeah well
2: um, simply to have to be to have workers talk to each other and form a committee not even a union. Wow. So basically uh, that that came that that was at the at, at the base, so I, I can. Voy a hacer un poquito cómo. So, Crispine is now at this point, this is in around 2014 or 2013, we, our work as the, the Worker Center is to educate workers about their rights. Right. And to help them to um, learn to organize. But some of them already know how to organize. You come together and you, you know, cre- uh, learn and educate yourself, and then you can collectively. Do something about the issues. Usually, when you're one person in a workplace, employers get rid of you, and right. that happens, happens everywhere. Right, that's going to happen. You know, happens everywhere. Are
3: you guys? Are you documented workers? Do you have green card or Most are you? Most of
2: the workers in this uh, workforce are undocumented. So that right. there's another uh, very important. Uh, um, you know, barrier to... Of course. To, I mean, I anything. think this is
3: why we don't have immigration reform. This is my mm-hmm. particular belief. We don't have immigration reform or a fair immigration policy in this country because companies like this mm-hmm. and the meat industry and the field workers, they don't want you guys to organize because of they course. don't want to pay mm-hmm. the money. They don't so, want to yeah, pay for insurance. They don't want to pay for, you know, right. benefits of any kind. So, so you know... So one side they said
2: you shouldn't come because you should do it the right way and the other way is like, hey, come... And yeah, right, you should, we need you. Um, but yeah, so we so Crispin at this point we do outreach, we go and talk to workers. That's how we met Crispin and other workers. And then learning through these trainings that we were doing around health and safety that's what worker centers do. Worker centers are kind of like uh, in many many places, and they're they're all most of them independent. We belong some of us to some uh. Uh, you know, coalition, stuff like that, but most of them are kind of a response to you know, people needing support in the workplace and especially immigrant workers. Yeah. Um so our center goes out there and does education. You know, we we go directly to the house where they live, which is usually at the farm.
3: Yes. So they are they are like in barracks, right? Um, like in you like know, in this place dormitories. In, in York, Dormitorials, it says,
2: see? um trailers or sometimes the, the owners have bad houses around, and they provide housing. If they didn't provide housing, they probably wouldn't have workers. Right. Because the local uh, people do not go to work there, and the farm workers who come from Latin America are not from that community. They might not have transportation, There's a, and so they need the housing. So the housing is good for the employers uh, mostly. I will say, you know, mm-hmm. they take a they now they have a work for that is right there, always available and and that's
3: that. And do they give that housing to you for free or do you have las to pay rent? Gratis o pagan renta?
1: Mm, eso lo las casa logramos que se mejoró en en el 2013, pero en pero, general. En general sí si le cobran como 95 a la semana.
2: So there's uh, in general in that particular farm they used to not charge rent right. but eventually uh, through some organizing and some advocacy the housing got better and the employers started charging but they can only charge up to certain amount uh, according to the department of labor uh-huh. there are some violations on that in other farms but in this particular farm they charge 1895 a week because they only get one room and they share the house but in right. general employers um, have the the possibility to charge? Uh, many of them do not, because um, you know the housings are, are not very good, <laughs> and also uh, it's kind of a, a source of, um, you know, workers will go where they they're not charged, also you know, sure, and and but but they are able. Some of them charge, and some of them don't. In this particular, they do now, but what I was uh, also you know talking more about. We meet with these workers. Crispina is one of the worker leaders trying to form this committee because aside from the the issue of um not getting you know medical attention or or support from the employers um also there had been an incident where a farm a farm worker had been you know violently fired, and so those things are up and now we have a presence in that in that farm We're talking to workers they know us um but Crispin wanted to do more. You know, I think he. we have been talking about this, you know, what is your motivation are, around this this work, you know, because nobody, not everyone wants to take a step furthers, further to do something. Um, well, you're never going to get hired by a dairy farm again, <laughs> not right? Not anymore. <laughs> but, uh, but that's what but he, what I think he came to the United States uh, from from Mexico, very already impacted by the reality of of the dairies, because when he was in Oaxaca in his state of Oaxaca in two thousand and twelve a seventeen year old um, uh, from the United States from upstate New York, the body of a young worker named Genaro, who was twenty years old from his same community, was coming back oh yeah, and so he had died at a at a dairy yeah. so this was seen by his family, by his community, and of course, it, it had a, a very deep impact in him. Um, and he talks, and he just talked here about how that made him feel and how his family didn't want him to come. Yeah. After seeing that, of course, but he saw the necessity and the and to support his family and himself. Sure. So he comes, so he has that now. He's seen what are the consequences, and then he goes through that, um, that experience of Having injury. been to an accident and then but then realizing that it can it can be worse, you know, you can die here. Yeah. And so and that and he's seen it. Yeah. You know. And so I think um Crispin got in touch with us also to ask us about that worker. He wanted to know if we knew him, if yeah. we or if we have been at the farm where he died. And we actually at that point in two thousand and thirteen when he gets in touch with us. We have been investigating about the dairy farms, health and safety and the fatalities. And we've been and so when he tells us that um I'm I'm thinking, well, we've been looking for these young men, where is he from? You know, to talk to his family to see what sure. happened to them. So we made that connection and we were able to, to talk to the family of Genaro. and then Crispini even was able to, to get us a picture of that young man and then we went to the farm. And eventually, I think he went to that farm uh, and, and talked to other workers who knew him and kind of to get the story of what, how he died. You know, And Henaro was at that farm and he had been there for some time and then new workers came in and he wanted to show them how, you know, what to expect working there. And he goes and, and show them a... Um, a skister, is called. It's like a little mini tractor. Sure.
3: And a then, skid steer. Yeah, skid yes, skid steer. Unfamiliar. And then
2: the new workers get on it, and they are, uh, and 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 then they didn't know how to use it. And so the they other ran work, over him. They crashed him. Yeah, they, oh, it was, it was, it was a horrible accident. Yeah, really horrible. Yeah. And then, so he, this is, the, this is, this is how we connect. Uh, we're very concerned about, you know, the conditions. And so here we have somebody who who already seen that. And, and, and he was very young, but, but he started to get involved more and more, and right. other workers too. And we created a, um, a group of workers that actually helped, helped to, to bring these issues to OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, yes. locally. We had um, a delegation of workers talking to the local OSHA to tell them, hey, these accidents are happening. These fatalities, and this is what we want. So to get to that, we had to educate workers. We had to them also educate us because I never. You worked don't know at what's going on no, there. No, I never yeah. work at a dairy. As an organizer, I need, um, and of course, I I I don't know anything. They are teaching me, and we are teaching them that hey, we there's something that we can do. We can change this this story and then we met another another worker at that same farm who in a span of 2 weeks had 3 accidents and and he was he had worked at a rest at restaurants and he said you know what i'm going to go back to work at restaurants because here i feel like i'm going to die my life is worth more than minimum wage and um and so this worker also helped us to create a video talking about his experience right. and then he was part of uh, this delegation of workers went to Ocha and said, you know, I have worked in small farm, medium farm, large farm, and here are the scars of the things that have happened to me. And then we asked them to do, uh, to, in, to start a local emphasis programs on dairies, which is about surprise inspections in areas or industries where have high fatalities or had high problems with uh, high accident acid. rates. Yeah. and we actually, they did it. They started it. Um, and because this was different. In the past, we have come with stories about problems at the farms, but not, it's not the same if we as advocates, as organizers talk about it, then when a worker that experienced and can show you, you know, this is my story and this is what happened to me. And um, and this was different. This was workers taking leadership, telling their own stories, and that had an impact. And so we were doing that and and we continue. and. So, Crispin eventually joins this, this group of workers yeah, and we start, so now we have the local emphasis program, but then the industry starts to fight back, you know, uh, against us and they try to get the politicians involved and they got the politicians involved and then we had our local congressmen, seven of them. Um, writing a letter to saying to osha do not do this you know the farmers they care about their workers and they don't need this and you know we don't want regulations you know they know what they're doing but what they didn't count on is that this didn't come out out of the blue you know this was an effort a grassroots effort so we started to have meetings with the politicians and you know some of them we could expect of them to have that that um, that position because they were conservative and anti-regulation and they didn't care. Yeah. And in their community, they represent the interests of the farmers because those are the ones who vote. They don't care about the people their, who don't vote. And pay pay for their campaigns. Yes. Yeah. And so, but we also there was a um, one of them who was a Democrat from uh, from the from an urban area in, in Syracuse, and we went and talked to him, and. Um, we knew that it was going to be very difficult, we were uh, going that route, but it was important to, to get the politicians, educate them, and also tell the community, hey, this is, they're representing you, and they should represent also the interest of workers right. in general. Right, Because right. these are workers. Whether <clears throat> you, you think that they're immigrants or whatever, they, they um, you know, we all, do better if the people are, you know who has the hardest conditions. If we raise the bar, you know, we all uh, are gonna do better. And also, it cannot be that in in New York where we are the sometimes the third or the fourth state with the biggest production of milk that that this is how our milk is being produced. So right. we started to talk about you know that we want justice-fortified milk, for example, or that milk is contaminated with the blood of the workers. And that was a symbolic book, you know. But but yeah, we started (laughs) to tell them and we started to bring them, you know. And we even to my farm, we, we, um, at some point when, when Crispin starts being more involved and he sees that, hey, I need we need to do something in here at the farm. We At this point, we're doing it outside, right? the local emphasis program, um, you know, speaking up outside. And then, but we gotta do something inside. So when they, they started at the farm, recognizing that he was part of this group and they started to retaliate against him. Yeah. And the work that we did together was um, to support him in that time because it's very difficult to be at a workplace. Also, you live there and then they, employers and the supervisors and everybody's against you so what do you do usually you're going to quit yeah because you don't want to go through that stress you know but if here we have the mindset of organizing and then changing things you gotta you gotta resist you gotta so that we can continue the workers once you're, you leave and, and also create leadership with other workers so that's how we get to around august of 2014 when we had a meeting with about five workers, it was a small group inside of the trailer where they where they live, and I was invited to to talk to them and and tell them you know what is the idea Crispin um, was telling them about the idea, but we were saying hey we're an organization and we want to support you right you know because you know we believe also you shouldn't there shouldn't be violence here with the supervisor there shouldn't be uh, you know problems in the with the housing or how you're treated and all this and they liked the idea and we were having a nice meeting when we get a knock on the door and it's the son of the employer and he basically told me you need to leave right now yeah and uh, it was around 7 p.m. and and I said you know I had talked to the workers before be aware that there might be some retaliation. We might get some, but we are ready here. You, I have your permission to be here, and you have the right to receive visitors, even though this is the property of the employer. So we had that understanding. We had that preparation. So when the employer comes over, you know, we had worked over a little bit the fear, and so I said, I'm not leaving. I have their permission, and they were the workers were supporting me. Yeah. And so the 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 son of the owner said, you know what? I'm not going to discuss this more with you. I'm going to call the police. To okay, get you let's out. stop
3: right there. We have to take a short break, mm-hmm. and we'll be right back with Rebecca Fuentes and Crispin Hernandez from the Worker Center of Central New York. Stay tuned for the rest of this story. We'll be right back.
0: Hearst Ranch is a proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. The Hearst family has been raising cattle on the rich, sustainable native grasslands of California's central coast for over 150 years. Piedra Blanca Rancho in San Simeon is the original Hearst Ranch, founded by George Hearst in 1865. George's son was the famous publisher, William Randolph Hearst. In addition to being known for building the iconic Hearst Castle, William was, like his father before him, an avid rancher. In his words, I would rather spend a month at the ranch than any place in the world. Thanks to one of the largest land conservation easements in California history, a joint effort with the California Rangeland Trust, the American Land Conservancy, and the state of California, the working landscape at Hearst Ranch will be preserved forever. Learn more about Hearst Ranch at HearstRanch.com.
3: That you can never just live the way you So, the guy comes in, he says, I'm going to call the police, you have to leave. And what did you do? So at this point,
2: it, it was about 30 minutes that we were just, you know, continue with our meeting, but still having some fear that he was gonna call the police. And the police, calling the police on immigrant workers, uh, you know, regardless of their status, it, it's, um, it's, it's bad, you know. It's, uh, it's something that um, can put from the, Thinking about the employers, it's like, hey, you're putting your workforce at risk. You know, you can Absolutely. lose five workers right now. Yeah. And and also for the workers, it's like, well, I can I can not only get in trouble, but maybe even be deported, you yeah. know, if I don't have a status. But the but we were um we were a team there, you know, and we were like, we're gonna help each other. And I knew that there was some backing by the by by the law. That they can receive visitors, no? Yeah. And so we had a, a booklet with uh, from the Department of Labor that said that workers have the right to receive visitors. Um it's kinda iffy, but you know, it's not sometimes it's very vile. it's violated all the time. But isn't what you do with it. It's just that you use it as a tool. Yeah. You know, I'm not I know that um uh, this is what I'm gonna tell the, the police, you know, and, and now they're gonna have to struggle with it. I mean they right, know that right. I know, so we're gonna see where and so we were preparing ourselves and um, we were very positive. Um and so the 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 police actually shows up and not only the local police is the state police. Yikes. So you have the state troopers and the and the local sheriff. Right. And um Totally waste of resources, you know, it's but, ridiculous. Yeah. but it's totally part of the intimidation. And were you removed? So what they do is they, they said, you know, that they were concerned about safety. I don't know of who, but then they, they separated us. Um, so the implication was that I was doing there something illegal, Mm-hmm. No. And, uh, and they were going to find out what. And the employer was very worried about his workers because maybe I just, you know, stoned Because them. maybe what, you were going to uh-huh. steal their money? Yes. There they, they they were some insinuations that I was kind of like, uh, you That know, you were
3: going to exploit yes, your fellow. Yes, in many fellow, different ways. Yeah, you know? Right, right, right.
2: And um, so they, the questions they were asking me, and they separated us, is like, how, long, how often do you come here? You know, yeah. what do you do? Do you go to other houses? You know, and, and then I told the police and you know, officer, I said, you know what the employer is doing here. You know, I'm sure you also you might belong to a union, and you know what employers do sometimes when sure. you try to organize. Said you are being being used willingly for this, and um, and and then the workers were also questioned if they had my if if I have their permission to be there, and they just couldn't do anything. You know, and yeah. and there was. But still, at the end of the interrogation, the the one of the police officers tell me, "So what? Are you gonna stay or you're gonna leave?" You know, basically testing if their intimidation is working. Right. You know, and I felt very strongly that I needed to stay. Yeah, the workers, uh, so that the workers can have also the feeling of. Uh, I they had my back. I had theirs, and then we have sure. succeeded in this effort. Right. You know, and so, so we we stay. We finish our meeting. Yeah, but a week later we have another meeting. Uh, and only Crispin and another worker showed up because the intimidation worked on the other workers. Right. Eventually, they don't want to get in more trouble. So we are defining here who are the, who is the leaders here, and it was uh, Crispin it was, was, was very important, and, the other guy. and he was, um, and yeah, and Saul. And so we have the meeting, and then the next day, both of them get fired. Yeah. And so that's that's how it usually that's happens. how it works.
3: So Always. now, what what needs to change? Like, how yeah. how can you affect change where guys like Crispin so and his como, colleagues que que mm-hmm. are are protected from this, these tactics. tactics? Do you need to have a union? I mean, what
2: mm-hmm.
3: what's the answer here? ¿Cuál es la organizan. ¿Qué pienso?
1: Pues ahorita lo que hemos hecho es el trabajo colectivo, por eso se ganó, por ejemplo, el caso legal, pero también a recientemente a pasó también a las leyes justa para nosotros los trabajadores agrícolas y ahorita ya es ley. Y so,
2: so working collectively and for example we won the lawsuit and then and Now we have the the. And the, a, a, sorry, but what, the
3: lawsuit gave you what? What did the lawsuit win so for you? So qué nos exactly? dio la
2: la la
3: got, la demanda? You got to organize as a group and demand a better contract, or what? What happened? Qué ganamos con la demanda?
1: Sí que los trabajadores pueden a organes a organizar y negociar colectivamente con el con los patrones. So you could
3: negotiate so want, as a group. Yeah. Okay. So we
2: want collective bargaining. And the right to belong to a union right. because of that lawsuit, and the lawsuit came from that that we just described. Right. So once once he gets fired, then usually the story ends there, right? Yeah. So usually you got fired, but because we're organizing and because we have um, as a very small nonprofit organization, but we've been you know partnering with other organizations and also with the community, we had their back, and they they were not just left in the dust. You know, we just we supporting them and then they they got more involved and then we did a big big rally at the farm we presented a thousand signatures with a petition where we were saying the workers all the workers should have the right to receive visitors they have the if they might not have the right the law to form unions or to collectively bargain or whatever they have the freedom of association they yeah. have the human right to receive visitors and to organize and and so that was the framing, you know, um, and so we we did that and still uh, the injustice was still there. So we, we now also involve who's buying the milk, you know, the cooperative Dairy Farms of America. We go to Dairy Farms of America. We also, right. we go over there, we present them with a letter, we requested a meeting, so we confront them. You know, you are you, one of your members farms is doing this and what are you going to do about it you have a code of conduct for suppliers that says that these things should not happen right. So what are you doing and then uh they send us a nice letter saying that they value you know these things and that and they just totally make it uh totally dismissed it so they know? blew you off right they basically so said we're saying, okay, nice well, who's Bye-bye. next who's next <laughs> and then we also at that point we publish a report and it's called the milked uh, dairy farm workers in upstate New York, and it's on the people can read it on milkny.org. M I L K E D. and it's based on 88 interviews of dairy farm workers. Cool, and so that you know, we present that report, and uh, and a lot of people start getting educated about it, and we ask people to to also go a step further and talk to Chobani, because Chobani gets them gets milk from yeah. from dairy farms so like, among others. But we're saying hey, we need to go to, who's making the most money here and who's making the most. Right. Um, and so when you see the pie, you know, it's usually the the processor. So we go right we start having meetings with Giovanni, educating them about what is happening. And then we also get the backing of the NY, NYCLU and they become our they represent us in this lawsuit Because in New York, we have the Constitution of New York does not exclude farm workers. The exclusion of farm workers from the right to organize, collectively bargain, overtime pay, and day off is a federal exclusion. Ah. So it is not, but each state can do better. Can do what they Uh want. So in New York, the Constitution of New York is not, uh, does not exclude them. But there's a law, there was a law in New York that did exclude them. And so... We said our lawsuit was based on there is, that, that shouldn't be, the constitution is very clear. So, so our lawsuit was uh, filed in May 10 of 2016. Uh-huh. We went to the Albany and it was against the state of New York and the governor. And, and it, immediately after we filed the lawsuit, the governor and the attorney general said, hey, we support you. We are on your side, we're not gonna fight you, right so basically we're like, hey, we won, but the industry being what it is and having um a lot of uh, resources and power, they intervene in our lawsuit so the they the firm Bureau of New York spend yeah. thousands even millions of dollars in you know in their legal teams and everything to fight our lawsuit right so and the plaintiff was Crispin Hernandez, the Worker Center, Center New York, and the Worker Justice Center. So they, they intervened in our lawsuit, and it took about two years. The first time um, it was dismissed, I think it was, uh, I don't know what they call it, but we we, fought, we appealed. You, right? Uh, and in May 25th, uh, it was ruled in our favor. that Amazing. In New York, workers. So that took workers. like three years. Yes. Wow. But while that is happening, we are also organizing, we organized around uh, driver licenses for immigrants in sure. New York. And that was uh, a good way to get more workers. They might feel sometimes that fighting the boss or, or doing organizing around the workplace issues, uh, put them at risk or is, uh, yeah. you know, but, uh, organizing, uh, around having a driver license, it's it's a little bit different, and so because it's about hey, I, I, I really want this, and that's not gonna right. But you will think that the farm owners will be supportive of that, but we never got their support, not from the whole. Well, it means you're
3: not a captive audience anymore. Exactly. Unfortunately, we yes. have to wrap this up, but I mm-hmm. want you to go back to um, just to let people know again, it's milked milk.org.org, O R G. And so Como people can llama? read 88 interviews with people like Crispin. And it's a basic About report. this fight.
2: Yes, yeah, it's a report based on it.
3: And it's all,
2: and you learn a lot about the industry in New York and you learn about the answers to, it was around 200 questions.
3: Amazing. For all
2: these workers. And Crispin was part of that and, and 88, 87 other workers. Yeah. From different farms in upstate. With questions around how do you feel about working here, but also how do you feel in this community? How do you relate to this community? How do you feel they treat you? And so one of the things, and he mentioned it today, Crispino, este, cuando hablamos de de cómo se sienten los trabajadores trabajando en un rancho y que se les preguntó, crees que el patrón se preocupa más por ti o por las vacas, no? Entonces,
1: sí, uh, uh, los patrones. Uh, explotan mucho a los trabajadores y tratan mejor a las vacas que a los, so you're trabajadores. saying
3: that they exploit the workers and they treat the cows better than they do the humans
2: that was one of the questions and yeah
3: and, and that has most continued of the workers, that yeah, persists we'll that. to this day even though you are not working on the dairy farm anymore you still have obviously friends and community there so that so the the attitudes so, so have not really changed
2: well we have improvements we have improvements right? in health and safety because of the local emphasis programs, we now starting in January, workers um, are going to have not, not only the right to collectively bargain and be, be in unions and also also join organizations like ours ours are yeah. membership based um, but also because of legislation that passed uh, in June, they will have overtime pay after 60 hours which should be after 40, but it will be 60 as an improvement. Jesus. And the right to a day off yeah. before, if the employer didn't want to give you a day off, it was not against the law. So that's why we're saying we organize outside of the law because the law is, is not a tool there. Right. Um, but now we're going to have all of that, and that's that's a lot of improvement. Workers, immigrants, undocumented will be able to have access to driver licenses, yeah. which is freedom for a lot of Absolutely. them. And also then they'll be able to, to do whatever they want and not be a captive in the farm. Yeah. Um, so there's good things, and but the message here is this gets accomplished through collective action and through grassroots organizing. Right. And it takes a lot of work, and it's not work that is well is well-funded, but it's work that happens thanks to... The, the partnership with other social justice organizations, and the bravery of workers like Crispin. That's right. And many, many others um, that that continue right now in the organization. So our organization, like I said, members-based. So we represent the interest of, of, uh, of farm workers, and we're very proud of that. And that's the only, just, this is what we tell workers and what we tell owners. It's like just, um, just as the farm owners have their, Organizations that represent them, then workers should have the right uh, to have organizations that represent them, and this is a model of organizing, and and uh, that that I think has always worked, but this this system does not support it. You know, never. <laughs> we are a very individualistic society, <laughs> capitalist,
3: where it's like. You know, if you don't like it here, then go somewhere else. You yeah, know, that's the well, answer. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, Rebecca Fuentes and Christine Hernandez, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Okay, Fascinating story. Muchas I mean, gracias. I hope to stay in touch, please, mm-hmm. and keep me posted about right. further developments and what's going on. This yeah, is I mean, a really something
2: important eye-opening
3: we're experience. What we're doing
2: right now is, is communicating with Giovanni yep. and putting them to task on that, a lot of corporations like them, or a lot of businesses like them, and they are going the route of, let's do a certification program, you know. Right. And that's not always the answer. It depends on the certification program. There are some good ones, like Milk with Dignity. There are right? others in, in Vermont. But there are others that are are not very well, not very good, and they only respond to, you know, that... that um, they have a lot of money, and they can put money money on that certification program, and it's just like a little, uh, you know, sticker. Uh, and people sure. can be it can be very deceiving. And what we want to tell, uh, what we're telling Giovanni is that now in New York we have the the protected right to organize. You should be very vocal and saying, as a progressive company or as a company that care about yeah social, uh, you know, the the community and all of this stuff. Um, you should be very vocal and saying. If workers organize in within the food chain of Chobani, we will not be on uh, we, we will be supportive and then and if they're gonna put a certification program, how is that certification program gonna support workers when they right. want to organize right. into unions? So well
3: keep us posted and okay. thank you so much for your time today. Thank I really you. appreciate it. Great story, really, really interesting discussion. Thank, thank you, you, you both.